You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. got to get one more uh, group here before we are officially off the ground and everything is going. But I want to make sure that you guys are here to, to join us today, uh, to join us for football. And Scott, good morning to you. How are you doing? I think I just got my alert for uh, Broncos for breakfast. So there we go. It's Broncos for <laughs> breakfast time. I did not get an alert yesterday because we were not here yesterday. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's a was- Wednesday edition. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have the 53-man roster now, so it actually worked out pretty well for us um, in that regard. And now I'm just getting back from the uh, Olympic Peninsula, uh, hanging out with the wife and the mother-in-law. Went up to Hurricane Ridge, did some uh, swimming in Lake Crescent. Hurricane, that's, that's, uh, those are those are bad words in these parts. Yeah, I don't know why they call it that. It's probably, it's, I don't know, There's a, I don't know if there's ever been a hurricane up there, but it's a pretty, pretty spot. Yeah, we had to be Ida evacuated, was, though. Ida was rough. It wasn't Katrina rough, but it was rough. We got, here in Georgia, I got the first, a uh, bit of the bands yesterday afternoon, or maybe even what's today, Wednesday already, maybe even Monday. And I look down and it's, you know, if, if you try and ignore the destruction and appreciate the science, it's just, they're, they're cool to watch and how the storms yeah. spin off of them like a spiral. And uh, we started getting some of that yesterday and it's cooled off it was 69 degrees here this morning. Nice. Uh, well, that's uh, hoping that everybody's doing okay. Obviously this is a, tragedy we uh it's unfortunate but um hopefully if everybody's down there none of our listeners may be in new orleans i don't know but if anybody is you know reach out and we'll send good vibes um, we actually had to be evacuated off hurricane ridge because somebody wrote a manifesto and went off into the woods uh hopped up on meth with a rifle so um uh, they said get the heck out of there so it's still closed i haven't found the dude yet yeah um, i think i'd rather take my chances with a hurricane than a crazy dude with a high-powered rifle and hopped up on a lot yeah. of amphetamines yeah so <laughs> Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Broncos for Breakfast. Um, obviously, you can find Scott and myself, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Um, you guys can follow us also on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Uh, that'll help us a lot. Um, if you guys are joining us on Facebook today, make sure you drop the like, react, or the care react. I see we got Keith Bergman coming in with the the care. I appreciate you, Keith, as well as uh, Michael uh, Miguel. Oh, man, Miguel. Miguel S. and Mark Lindemann come in with a like. Uh, thank you guys so much. Also, if you guys are joining us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, and share while you're doing so. Also, go over to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Scott, what's the what's the latest and greatest there? I've been quiet, just uh, interacting with people on historical videos. I haven't, I haven't done a ton. I keep saying I'm waiting for something, and then there's always something else to wait for. So uh, it, it's it's growing, and it's... Uh, but uh, I haven't done anything new in the last week, except for except for our uh, should they trade Drew Lock piece that we yeah. posted and got a bunch of comments on there. And uh, you know, there are some people that are you know kind of upset. Yes, he deserves better. This, this, and this, or you know, and and they they some people took notice with my comment that you can't get a backup quarterback for you know a fourth round. And and, and that and that statement that's correct because you can get a backup quarterback off of waivers. Yeah. Um, what I meant was you can't get a backup quarterback, the quality of a 18 game starter. You know, I don't think you can get a backup quarterback as good as you already have for the cost that you already have for a fourth round. And if I'm going to get rid of Drew Locke, it's not going to be this year. It might be next year. 
And, it, and for this year, you, you'd have to pay me a lot more than a fourth rounder. So I wanted to clarify on that because, yes, you can get a backup quarterback from anywhere. There's guys holding clipboards. They'll never play it down. Um, yeah, Gar- but Gar- the Gar- quality of, of Drew Locke with his experience and what you could need him for as a starter this year, it's going to take more than a fourth rounder to get him from me. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate all the comments coming in. Hurt from Gary Leeds Palmer. That's awesome. I'm going to try Miguel Santa Steven. Santa Steven. Hopefully I got that right. Uh, Davine Henderson coming in here and also Jim Hilton with the like. So thank you guys over on Facebook. Uh, and if you guys are getting in those stars right now, um, you are entering a chance to win a Von Miller jersey from Mile High Huddle. So uh, every single star is essentially a raffle ticket. Um, so get those in. Even, you know, the smallest of stars gives you a chance. And uh, What could we win? Could you repeat that? A Von Miller jersey. Okay. Uh, very very nice. nice. Crisp Von Miller jersey. So uh, obviously the probably the face of the franchise right now and uh, been the face of franchise for a bit. So make sure you guys get those stars in and let's say hello to everybody. We got John D Herrera coming in here saying rise and shine Broncos for breakfast is here. I'm in my best Rick. Oh, I'm my best Ric Flair voice. Woo. All right. I, I grew up with Ric Flair, you know, the, the, the down downtown Atlanta was the old NWA. And there was, that's, that's, if you weren't in Vince McMahon's, that was one of the bigger ones. So you got to ditch the H if you're going to do Ric Flair, it's not who, it's woo. There we go, oh, man. Don't, let's, don't let's, blow this. Let's, up. Let's, <laughs> I'm a stickler for things like that. That in Louisville, you know, those, those are the kind of things that, you know, I don't know much, but I, I know, I know that. <laughs> you won't catch me doing woo this early. The coffee's not kicked in yet. Um, it's, it's coming though. We'll see. Uh, if we get, if we get some Broncos wins, maybe we'll get some Ric Flair woos in here. Uh, EJ coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good morning to you, EJ, Jeremy, Sean coming in. Good morning. I thought I was going crazy yesterday. Somehow I missed the update. Uh, yeah, you guys will have to check out, uh, if nothing's going on, like what's going on happening, check out mile high huddles, Twitter page, uh, which we tell you guys to follow. So hopefully you will see that. Um, but, uh, those are the areas where if something's happening, if you're at Twitter, a uh, mile high, it'll happen. So I tweeted it out as well. Um, we need to get Chad to get us a, uh, our own Broncos for breakfast, Twitter page also, um, us Dave coming in here mornings me too um all right well that's the mornings me as well um i am supreme morning guys let's do it broncos have their squad mostly they mostly have their squad uh, mark lindeman coming in saying good morning gentlemen broncos forever facebook user saying gotta go gotta run check back later well thank you very much facebook user <laughs> um mo ron saying wonder if uh wide receiver Kadero hodge uh, should be a consideration for denver to sign it does sound like they're going to be after some wide receivers so we'll see divine henderson saying good morning CC morning, fellas. Hope y'all doing great. I'm doing well. A little tired, but doing well. Mark Lindemood coming in. Eyes on hurricanes here in Georgia every summer. Ugh, don't blame. That's not very fun. Uh, Miguel, good morning, fellas. Good to see you. Shane Daniels in the house as well. Good morning, Kenny Wong. Let's get this Broncos going. Uh, and we got a super sticker from John D. Herrera. Um, unfortunately, I cannot pull up what the super sticker is, but I, I'm in a Bradley Chubb mood today, so I'm going to think it's Bradley Chubb sacking Daniel Jones to a tune of two and a half sacks and a strip sack because Andrew Thomas don't want none of the smoke. That's have it. you heard how bad the Giants have been, the bad Giants offensive line? Well, I mean, it, they've been kind of team turmoil all all fall. I mean, we call it fall. Yeah. It's still summer, but they call it fall practice, um, you know, all summer so far. So, I mean... There's not a lot of good that's been coming out of there at this point. I don't know what what is it with you know New York teams if you're not the Yankees. You know it's all it's always drama. Yeah, there is something to that. Um, it's not. not <laughs> I, I think it's the fact that they don't play in New York. You know they're New Jersey. Yeah. All these New Jersey teams calling themselves New Yorkers. I, I think that's what it ends up boiling down to. Absolutely. Hey, the Bills, man, the only true New York football team. 
Um, Chris Graham coming in here with the stars. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, also, we got Shane Daniels. Um, what is your biggest surprise concerning the roster? Um, I guess let's just get into it. So, also, Peter Middleton's here. Lauren uh, Weiss, I'm from Wahoo McDaniel Wrestling Era. So, uh, that's doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sorry, but that's maybe cheap so. Wahoo McDaniel to uh, to those that, that are too young to remember old school wrestling. I was coming in at the end of the Harley Race era, so I missed the Bruno San Martino. I caught his son, Bruno San Martino Jr. So, I moved to Georgia in 78. My parents moved down here when I was five. So mm-hmm. about 1980 is when Ric Flair's hitting the, I don't even think it was called the NWA, but they, they were down at center stage down in, in Atlanta, uh, just, you know, doing, uh, doing wrestling with all these guys that ended up being big names. So it was a lot of fun. But anyway, yeah. uh, biggest surprise for me, um, you know, I don't know that there's any huge surprises on here. The, the one, I, I think the person I'm probably most disappointed for and but happy at the same time is, is Trinity Benson. Yeah, um, I thought he had a terrific preseason, and yeah. you know, and, and you look at the roster, and there the the Broncos only have five wide receivers on there, and, and you start thinking, I was like, is that enough? So I started looking around. I'm like, you know, you go four wide receiver sets, you've only got one out. What happens if you want to run a four wide out set, and you you've got an injury, you you've got no subs then. Um, but I looked at the rest of the uh, the AFC West. Everybody else kept five wide receivers also. So I guess it was just me. It, I just figured there'd be at least six, um, you know, with uh, Kansas City, five and four tight ends, Broncos, five and four tight ends, uh, Raiders, five and three tight ends, and Chargers, five and four tight ends. So it was limited, limited space. Uh, but for me, I go, I, I was probably most disappointed for Trinity Benson. I thought he was fantastic during the preseason. Yeah, he was really good. Um, I guess it's a good job by the Broncos. And even if it's only getting back, what, a fifth and a seventh for Benson and a sixth, um, you took an undrafted free agent and cultivated him over some years. And now you're not going to have to pay him. You never already weren't, you aren't already weren't having to really pay him, but it was coming down the tracks. Now you can reset that with a fifth round pick. And uh, that's what you see the Patriots do that all the time. They get these players, they build them up, they trade them for, even if it's just an incremental gain, you're still selling high. And, and- uh, and he wasn't getting through waivers. You know, no, if you no tried way. to practice squad him, there's no way he was getting no through way. waivers. So that's it's a good move if you can't find a spot for him. But man, I wish uh, I, I would have liked to have seen him stick around. But again, when someone's trading for you, you know, how many fifth round picks got cut this week? You know, not not probably not very many. So when someone's yeah, trading for you, it means they're investing in you. It means you get a little bit longer leash, a little bit longer rope. So. Um, he, he should have a, a chance to, to make a roster now and, and play in the NFL and, and get it, get a nice paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for the super chat there, Shane. Um, my biggest surprise, I guess, I think it would be Andre Mintz making the team, which I'm happy about. Uh, be, I think he might be one of the ones who is subject to being cut if waivers happen, um, because he's more likely to clear waivers now that he's made the 53, um, because other teams are going to be starting to stack that roster and getting those guys on there. Um, so if he goes back through waivers and uh, is a player that uh, Broncos may be able to be able to stack on their practice squad the the second time through if he's cut uh, if the Broncos bring in somebody else. Um, the other one that surprised me who uh, honestly I, I, he didn't flash at all in preseason to me. Um, I didn't write any his name down. I don't think once, but it was Jonathan Harris, a uh, defensive lineman. I thought that he was pretty much uh, camp fodder. Uh, apparently not. He's still here, um, but uh, that's uh that's where we're at. So um, uh, we'll see what happens with Jonathan Harris there. And also comment here from us, Dave. Um, and I confirmed it. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel was a former Denver Broncos linebacker, uh, played football at the university of Oklahoma, uh, was drafted in the second round in 1960 um, and played for the Houston Oilers, Denver Broncos for uh, 61 to 63 seasons. 
New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. See, all, um, these, all these connections I have to the Broncos that I didn't even know about. <laughs> you know, it, it, stuff like that keeps coming up. Um, and, and how fluid, because, you know, with, with waivers coming out, it's like, okay, I made it. But some of the comments from different coaches and general managers yesterday were basically, don't go looking for a house just yet. Don't unpack your bags. Yeah. Um, you know, where are some places that you look at this roster and you think, obviously, there's going to be some changes? Well, I mean, you have to just look no further than George Payton's press conference. He said it outright. We're going to be adding, we're looking to add up to three wide receivers. Um, so that's a position where they're looking a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, special teams is going to be the biggest one there. And you feel pretty good about your top four with uh, Sutton, Judy, Hamler, and uh, Patrick. But they are looking for wide receivers. Um, so I think uh, Powell, who was a fifth round pick by the Chiefs, who actually was waived, is somebody to have your eye on. The Broncos have the ninth pick um, coming up here, or the ninth, they're ninth in the order of the waiver claim. Um, so they'll get a chance at that. But I'm, I'm thinking wide receiver is the one position where I know it's deep, but uh, they're looking for guys who are specific to uh, special teams. So um, that that's that seems like the most obvious spot for me. Maybe somewhere on the offensive line, but outside of tackle. And they already said that uh, also in that interview. Um, Sorry, my bump my headphones here. Um, George Payton said that they're going to be bringing back Cam Fleming and uh, oh god, somebody else. My name's blanking right now. Cam Fleming and blank. It'll come to me. Um, but you already ha- you already know that it said outright. Cam Fleming's coming back. Um, so you have that tackle coming in there. So uh, we'll see what happens. Somebody in the chat can give me. It was Cam Fleming and blank. God, whose its name is escaping me right now. Um, but. Uh, Wide receiver. That's where I'm leaning. That makes the most sense. Maybe you could see a linebacker, but the Broncos just traded for a linebacker that this uh, special teams ace. So, oh, yep. And it was a uh, Shamar Stevens um, from uh, Minnesota, the defensive lineman. So there it is. Yep. They're going to bring him back as well. And those players guys are not subjected to the waiver wire um, because they are vested veterans. So the Broncos can release them. Those guys can just sit there twiddling their thumbs and uh, then come back. I also think if the Broncos bring them back after week one, um, their contracts are not guaranteed or like they don't have to pay them the full amount. So it's, it's some business uh, sense coming in there uh, for that. And I think that's probably what you're going to see. Those guys will probably sit there in space and then be brought back after week one. All right. Uh, you know, there's four wide receivers that were cut. So I guess they didn't think that any of those were the ones that, you know, were, were good enough to make the 53. Um, you know, I, Tyree Cleveland, we talked about him as, as potential upside, but if you're only going to take five, you know, how much better is Deontay Spencer than some of these guys? And what does he bring to the table that that got him on the roster as opposed to, you know, Seth Williams or Tyree Cleveland or Kendall Hinton? Um, I guess it's the fact that he is a specialized returner and you know what you're getting. And last year he was super stable and secure with returning the ball. You know, you never really I never really had a single scare with uh, with him returning the football. And with a team that has so such a small margin for error, the style of play they're going to play, you know, they're not going to be blowing many teams out, putting up 50 points. You need the special teams to be steady Eddie. Um, and that's what Deontay Spencer brings. So I guess it, I am a little bit bummed that uh, he is taking a spot almost purely as a returner. But at the same time, you know, Seth Williams, uh, Tyree Cleveland, those guys did not take the bull by the horns, so to speak and uh, run with a job where the Broncos could had to have that difficult conversation of like, okay, well, we don't really have a true returner, but maybe um, we can work with one of these guys. So Deontay Spencer makes the team as a returner, and uh, they're really emphasizing the special teams right now, um, which, you know, you can take it as you can take it as it will. Uh, but Tom McMahon, 
on the hot seat, but Vic Fangio made his bed, right? He could have moved on from Tom McMahon this offseason and uh, had a fresh start with a new special teams coach. Um, but Tom McMahon's here, and if Tom McMahon fails, Vic Fangio fails. So uh, they're really trying to surround him with uh, no excuses and uh, solidify that special teams. And that's what I think that's what this final phase is going to be of building this 53 man roster. Fleming was at right tackle for that fumble by Locke, wasn't he? Yes, he yeah, is. I- not great. I, uh, He's getting paid I was watching that, and then I was like glancing over at cuts. I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, giving up a giving up a a, a sack. But you know, I thought uh, I kind of I it's it's arrogant, but I I kind of judge color broadcasters if they say what I'm thinking. <laughs> and you know, and, and I thought Brian Greasy did a good play, a good did a good job with that play on the, on the national broadcast, because there was a lot of blame to go around on that play. You know, I think, I think he held off for a good four seconds. You know, that ball's got to come out of there. But again, when you're playing in the third or fourth quarter in the preseason game, you know, when your guy gets the edge and, and causes a fumble, you're, you're in trouble. You're that, that's, that wasn't good, but I, I felt a little bad for him because I thought he did a good enough job. Just got a little unlucky there. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, shout out to Shannon Mills here at the Stars. Also, Mike Woodward. Uh, good to see you this morning. He woke up bright and early to come join us. Um, hit the thumbs up, as, as he says there. So make sure you guys do that. Um, yeah, so let's keep it going here. Um, other surprises, I guess Andre Mintz was one for me. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how many snaps he's going to have because this Broncos edge rusher group looks as good as I can remember for a while. And uh, shout out to Jonathan Cooper. He had three surgeries post-draft. Um, so that is, uh, that's a reason that he fell to the seventh round on his heart, um, at that as well. So that's a concern, but he was dominant out there. And I know that he flashed a lot at Ohio state and you were at the senior bowl. I'm sure he stood out to you there because for the clips I saw, he was baptizing tackles left and right. Yeah, um, he, was, he was, he dominant. was good at the senior bowl. I thought Baron Browning was ahead of him and, and, you know, and that's where he went and, uh, you know, maybe he was slowed down, but you know, we talked about, we talked about last week, you know, what's his trait that is getting him. And I was talking about his hands and how well he uses his hands to get guys off him. He's his first step in any direction is also really good, you know, so he's, he's getting into guys quickly and he's using his hands and that's a, you know, and then having the lateral bounce to go side to side with a high motor, that's a pretty good set of, that's a combination. So I think, you know, what we've seen from Cooper, you know, you mentioned men's it's like, well, Cooper just, blew everybody's expectations out of the water as a seventh yeah. rounder. He looks like a bona fide backup at worst yeah, right like now. A starter. Really, yeah. I mean, really, that's how good he was for a seventh round edge rusher too. Like that's edge is typically a position where it's like first round or GTFO, right? Like you could, the Broncos have a history recently, Shaq Barrett, Malik <laughs> Reed, undrafted guys, but that's not normal. It's pretty much a, you see a guy and it's obvious because it's so specific to like the body type and the athleticism where like, when you see it, you know it. So those guys go in the first round. So to get well, one in the we, seventh round? Whew. We talk about the depth of the secondary on this team, but I, I've said for 30 years, a good defense is a defense that can get pressure with a front four. You know, front three, but if just rushing four. Yeah. And we know that's the case with the first group. You know, mm-hmm. it's proven. Now you've got a second group coming in that doesn't seem like it's having – I know it's preseason. It's preseason, but doesn't seem like it's got a huge drop-off you watch Deshaun Williams coming through the middle and Jonathan Cooper coming off the edge and Malik Reed coming off the edge. Now you've got four quarters, you know, 80 snaps of guys that can get after you without a much of a drop off. And that's going to pay dividends in the second half of these games, or even in the first half when you might want to rest your, you know, give, give some guys a break. So your starters, your first team guys are fresh. 
at the end of the games, um, which is, you know, how you'll use your rotation. But it's it means that the, the pass rush should be relentless. The one thing I, I did notice, um, as good a push as the, fr- as the front was getting, it was leaving a pretty good gap between the, the defensive line and the, and the linebackers, and it was making the Broncos susceptible to screen passes. Mm-hmm. So if, it, if a dummy like me can pick, on that, pick up on that, the defensive coordinators will be able to pick up on that, and they'll make some adjustments. So that's an adjustment I would expect to see uh, as, we, as we move forward to, uh, to game one. And that's one of those areas where it's like, eh, you know, the Broncos have solid linebacking play. You know, they have very high floor in the linebacking room. Don't really have a, a sweeper, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. A guy who is just, you know, sideline to sideline and can clean up those kind of things and make sure that they are two yard gains instead of 20 yard gains. So, uh, you know, that's that is somewhat of a concern for the defense. If there is one part where it's like, man, I wish we had a stud middle linebacker who could do sideline to sideline stuff. You can. uh work your defense around that, especially when you have the, the great defensive line and great secondary. Um, but it is something to watch. Uh, so for teams that have good uh, pass catching running backs or a wide receiver or somebody like that, um, that yeah, how many, yeah. how many times we hear the name Tutu Atwell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was glad to see he made the team. I'm like, I hope he made the team after touching the ball 72 times for the Rams. And, uh, and he did, he, he did make the team. So I was, I was happy for him and the Rams because, uh, he was seeing the ball an awful lot. Returns, screen passes. I mean, he he was. Uh, it was the, the first time I noticed him though. Was he uh, he checked down and tried to block Bradley Chubb? That that didn't go so well. <laughs> he just yeah. kind of brushed him off like a fly. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure how you want Atwell coming in and blocking. You know, outside linebacker defensive ends. That might not be his best role. No, yeah, Bradley Chubb engulfed him. Uh, Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott from Broncos for breakfast. Good morning, Greg Smith. Haven't seen Greg yet. Hope Greg's doing well. He may have been the one that had to study. He had to check out and come back later. That was that could have been our aloha. Okay, as we Facebook don't. user before it really synced up. That would make, that would make sense. Um, also, uh, Broncos country and go Broncos. And as that uh, Peter says, nice stars as always. So thank you very much, Michael. Appreciate that. Also, Diamond Rattler coming with the five dollars over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Diamond. Uh, appreciated you coming in last night as well. We had a good time with the show over on uh, Broncos for Broncos building the Broncos. Um, and guys, we'll be going back normal Tuesday, Thursday going forward is just because of me being out of town as well as the 53 men roster being finalized. Um, we come in, we're coming in today. So great to see Ashton's coming in. Also morning guys. Great to see. Um, we got James Grossman in the house. Um, let's get to James here. After this preseason, you got to feel a little feel more optimistic about the season and the general depth across the offense and the defense. I feel like coaching is really the main thing that could throw a wrench in our season. Looking forward to game one. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Coaching, that definitely seems like something that could be a, a limiting reagent, if you will, on how good this team can be. Well, let's let's look at the team and we, we can just go, you know, unit by unit here pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And the big question mark for for I think all of us, what's been the big question mark for six months? Uh, quarterback quarterback okay so yeah. quarterback quarterback's probably the big question uh you know what you know what you're gonna get with teddy bridgewater it's it should be it should be steady and, and good not great good offensive line looks good enough uh right mm-hmm. tackle position maybe a little bit of a weakness but again compared to other teams across the league i don't think the offensive line's a problem let's go to running back uh javante williams oh and speaking of guys i was happy to see make the roster i thought royce freeman had a very yeah. good preseason yep, he did. and was happy to see him there as well. He might not stay, but he's there for now. So running back, Javante Williams. Oh, Melvin Gordon looked fantastic. Yes, he did. 
He looks so, so springy. I don't remember him looking that uh, that much of a home run hitter. He's going to pop some big ones this year. Yes. Speaking of which, his uh, his ability to hit the hole. Um, you know, we could go through all this. I don't want to go on a huge monologue, Man. but the 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 there's depth and competition and talent at every position, except yeah. maybe quarterback is the big question. So will it come down to scheming, injuries, a little luck? And your quarterback play to see how far this Broncos team goes. Yes, yes, it will. Yeah, and the the one that I see some people commenting in here, um, it is special teams, right? Special teams is one that it seems like it's a forgotten phase. You know, you don't, you're not really, we're not scouting. Like I'm not going into the uh, NFL draft. <laughs> I printed out a roster and didn't even put special teams on it. <laughs> yeah, someone's like, can you put special teams back on? I'm like, fine. Yep, exactly. But uh, the depth, it's not so much like the actual specialists. Like Jacob Bobenmeyer, long snapper. We're not having issues with the long snapper. Sam Martin's fine. Uh, Brandon McManus is pretty darn good. Uh, but it's the coverage units. Um, it's it's mainly the ones where the Broncos are either kickoff or punting and making sure that other teams are not gashing you, flipping field position. Yeah, that's, there's, that's there's, there's so much hidden yardage in there that we don't necessarily pay attention to. But you know, look at let's look at the bottom teams of of return yards and field position and all that type of stuff that coaches harp on about, and we kind of roll our eyes sometimes, but it it's true. Um, you know, one of my favorite phrases is, "How do you think they become stereotypes?" You know, coaches are always talking about you know field position and and, and turnovers because well, it matters, it matters a lot, especially when you're a team that's not likely to put up forty points a game. Um, though that field position makes a big big difference. Um, and I've, I've had that uh, preached to me watching the Iowa Hawkeyes for years. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has a infamous quote in Bro- or, uh, Iowa country, I guess, uh, where he talked about punting is winning. Where he's talking about if you have good punting games, you're flipping the field position and making them consistently march 90 yards down the field, um, you're going to win football games. Now, punting so is a, not winning. Another one of those quotes taken out of context that can make you sound like a complete idiot. Yep. <laughs> I'm very familiar with those. Unfortunately, uh, half of, of, of my comments are in context and it makes me sound like an idiot. So, uh, man, that's, uh, but if, if you're ending drives, I think there's another cliche, coaching cliche out there. But if you're ending each drive with a kick, you got a good chance to win. Um, and that's either kickoff, uh, field goal, or punting. I mean, obviously, punting is the worst of that situation but it sure beats the hell out of a turnover or turnover on downs. So uh, we got Derek Kincaid coming in here asking, what's the difference between Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay? Um, pretty, pretty dissimilar backs. I would say uh, Philip Lindsay, actually I thought he did his best work um, between the tackles. So even though he's a home run hitter, he's so small that he kind of just would burst out of there. Um, and I liked him a lot with uh, 21 personnel where he could follow a fullback. Um, and once that fullback took out a linebacker, just gone, you know, spring, um, and he, even though he was a smaller guy, I thought he ran better between the tackles than outside. Um, Royce Freeman is a big body back. Also, Philip Lindsay, not a good, not a really good pass catcher, but also just plus his heart, not a good uh, pass protector either. Just got engulfed by linebackers. Uh, Royce Freeman, pretty solid pass catcher. Um, pretty really actually pretty darn good uh, pass protector as well. Um I wish he was a little bit more physical between the tackles. Sometimes I feel like he's like running in quicksand and he doesn't have the gear that he thinks he has where he's trying to get outside. And it's like, listen, man, you are 230 pounds. Be a bowling ball. You know, that's, that's your game. That's how you're going to make money in the league. And that's to his credit. I thought he did that better this season. Um, also, he's not as dynamic in the open field as Lindsay, but uh, they're, they're pretty night and day difference. Anything there that uh, you want to add to? Yeah. Well, I, I know more about Royce Freeman than Lindsay and, yeah. you know, Freeman, Six six foot two thirty. The Freeman you see now 
was the same Freeman at 16 years old. I mean, it, it was he was a grown man as a junior in high school. Yeah. Um, and, you know, picture him playing at a small – I think he was from California. I'm not positive, but he ended up going up to Oregon. Picture him playing smaller kids in high school at that size. He didn't have to run tough. He didn't have to. Yeah. He could run by everybody, and at worst, he's breaking arm tackles. Then he goes to Oregon, and he's playing in space all the time. He doesn't have to learn how to run between the tackles. Um, the good news is on this is that he probably hasn't taken the kind of hits that a lot of these guys have. The bad news is he never learned how to run his size. He's just 25 years old. So if the light, if it clicks, say, listen, you're, you're 235 pounds and you're a wrecking ball, you know, at the risk of offending anybody and saying it's time to man up. Um, you know, and I, I saw that in the preseason. I haven't watched him run the ball in a while. And I saw a guy that was hitting the holes hard. And with his his stature and his quickness and his balance, if he does that, he's a weapon. So um, is he better than Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, can he do either. a job? Yeah. Yes, he can. Yeah. Yeah, probably not Mike Boone either. I'm excited to see him back. He'll be on the short-term IR along with Michael Ojemudia, and that'll create space for both Shamar Steven and Cam Fleming. So watch for that. Um, we got Keith Brugman coming in here asking, um, as we prepare for the Giants, what is one thing in the game plan you think is necessary for the win? Um, I'll kick this to you first, Scott, because I feel like I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> let's go back to Top Gun. It's, it's you know, be Iceman. Don't make mistakes. Let them beat themselves. Yeah. Um, again, I said they're cliches for a reason. You know, how do you think they become stereotypes? But you give New York enough chances. They're they're going to give you the opportunity. So yeah, we like the aggressive blitzes and stuff. We like all that stuff, but against Perkins, again, this is a guy who's not in the league anymore, you know, on the team anymore, but you watched in the second half of the game, the, the Broncos were rushing three or four and making the quarterback beat them. And he couldn't, he couldn't beat coverage. He couldn't, no. he couldn't beat the defense. You can play that way against the giants uh, for for the most part. You don't have to blitz your eyeballs out. You can use a, a four man rush drop seven in a coverage and beat them. So again, I I'm rolling my eyes at myself, even saying this, don't turn the ball over limit, big plays and you should be fine. So again, don't beat yourself. The giants will give you plenty of opportunities to let you beat them. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great comment. Um, for me, the main matchup that I'm looking for here is, and it probably not a total, it is a mismatch, but the giants, the strength of that giants team is the interior defensive line. They have two first round picks, two top 15 picks, top 16 picks on that interior defensive line in Dexter Lawrence, who's probably the second best nose tackle in football right now behind Vita Vea. And Dexter Lawrence is like 6'5", 350. I mean, he is absolutely incredibly huge and he was dominant uh, last year. Um, and also they have uh, Leonard Williams, who was a top three pick a few years ago. who's really starting to come into his own. Um, so my, my thing is what thing I'm game planning for. I'm not going to lose sight of the identity of this team and what we want to do. This is a team that wants to run the football. And sometimes that means, you know, you're going to have to win by paper cuts little mm -hmm. bit here and there, but I am, if the Broncos interior offensive line is getting beat by Leonard Williams and uh, Dexter Lawrence, which they probably will um, be because the interior offensive line there, I mean, they're, they're solid, but I feel like they're a little bit more finesse than power ball ballers right now. Um, I'm not giving up on that running game because your defense should be doing good enough to keep the game close and even if the Broncos are ahead, so keep working away that run game. 
Eventually you're going to wear them down, hopefully. And uh, that's the strength of your team. Don't lose uh, sight of your identity, even if the Broncos interior offensive line is kind of getting uh, stalemate early on against how good that. Uh, well, and, and what's Teddy's line. strength is finding the, the, the open spot at the line of scrimmage. Yep. You know, so if they're, if they're, if you're having trouble running up the gut, well, you've got the perfect quarterback to hit three or four different receivers quickly. You know, that ball yep. will be coming out in less than a second. They're going to yep. get frustrated. They're not going to, you take them out of the game by instituting a, a horizontal passing game that becomes your running game to a certain extent. Um, you know, and then you got two guys that can catch the ball well out of the backfield screen, pass them to death, let them run, let them run themselves yeah. to the ground. Um, you know, roll the pocket, do all those kind of things. So two interior linemen, uh, that's great, but they, those guys can be schemed out of the game fairly easily. If you've got a team that's not relying on seven step drops and three second reads. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, I just don't lose sight of your identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's going to be, it's, you see that again, I hate to bring it back to Iowa, but there's a lot of uh, similarities between how this Denver team is built to how these, my Hawkeye teams have been built over the last five years, you know, not very explosive offense run first, great defenses. Um, it, I feel like Iowa really loses themselves in games when they, the run game isn't working as close. The defense is keeping it close. Um, but they're like, Oh my gosh, the run game's not working hit the panic button, like just totally lose your identity. Don't do that. Stay true to yourself. The defense is going to keep it close. Grind them down, be a glacier over a rock over time. You know, you're just going to keep breaking that rock down into sediment. And eventually you're, you will break that rock. What did, um, what did, what did coach Boone say? And remember the Titans, you know, it's like Novocaine, give it time. It always works. Yep. <laughs> It'll happen. It's going to happen. Uh, Miguel Santa Stevan. Uh, hopefully I uh, said it right that time. I saw your comment. <laughs> like I like to comment just to see Nick try and say my name. I uh, love the show. It, uh, Go ahead. Uh, let's let's hear Scott give it a try. Miguel Santa Stevan. Sa- I'm going to go with a. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go with a long e. So I'd say Stevan. Santa Stevan. Uh, you know the one that I think I missed worse than anybody. Say your backup tight end's last name. Oh, Okuebenam. All right. Okay. I didn't mess it up. Did you hear what? Who was doing the call on that? Um, was it Greasy? One of the ESPN guys. Right. I actually wrote it down phonetically. You called him a cooey boonum. Yeah, that's that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I really messed that up. I thought it had like a you know a a, a Queen Quake's coffin in there or somewhere. Um, yeah. But it was uh, it was it was a Ravage Carl Ravage doing the call with uh, I think I think with, so um, with Brian Greasy and the 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 pass goes to number the, the tight end and he goes a cooey boonum i had to replay i'm like who caught that ball i'm like wow i really messed his name up i'm like i'm sure they did their homework on this oh yeah. we messed that one up pretty good so okay well good uh, you hope that uh alberto is good enough this season where people have to learn his name right like that that kind of speaks to where he's at in his process right now right like fifth round pick um injured last year small sample size uh but if he's dominating People are going to get his name right. That, that's how that's how you know he's made it. Um, yeah, Victor Rios. You know, I always you know you know boring names like you know Scott that we grew up with. I always said us us kids and the us Gen X kids only had about eight names to choose from. You know, Mike, John, Scott. Um, the, and uh, and when you start throwing out those names up there, I always think of uh, uh, Field of not Field of Dreams. What's the other Kevin Costner? Bull Durham. Jeez, oh, yeah. You need a nickname. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, there people are going to learn his name. Say my name from Godsmack. That's a good, good walk up music. There you go. Uh, Victor Rios, 
Cheers to him, buddy. Uh, guys just bought tickets to the Giants versus Broncos game. Let's go Broncos. That'll be awesome. It sounds like a lot of people are going to that Giants-Broncos game that are uh, Broncos country. So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, there'll be more Giants fans there, but uh, really pulling for him. And Keith, yeah, shout out to you. I'm glad we could uh, answer your question. Uh, best pod on the Broncos. Really enjoy. Well, thanks, Keith. Honestly, what makes this podcast and the live stream so good is the, the comment section. I really appreciate you guys keeping it civil. I know we're just getting out of that quarterback battle where it could get pretty ugly. Um, but, uh, I feel like you guys have done a great job. Maybe it's because everybody's a little still groggy eyed in the morning, you know, or on their morning commute, they're not all angry because of work yet. Um, but, uh, that's, it's good to see all the, everybody being happy in here. Um, Peter also saying, Scott, you're MHH pod guy. Now trust yourself more than those one game ESPN guys. Broncos for breakfast is here to stay. Yeah. I, like I said, I thought, I thought Brian Grease, I, I, I don't know, maybe because I've worked in the media so long, I tend to pay attention to who's doing it right. And I thought Brian Greasy did a good job with that game. I was I was pleased with him. He's he's not one of my favorite guys. I don't necessarily dislike him, but I thought I thought Greasy did a did a good job uh, with, with that game. So um, it was a uh, fairly fairly either some people I just flat out cannot listen to. We'll hit the mute button or wa- probably with football I'll watch something else because uh, you know four hour games tend to bore me a little bit. Oh, man, I can't even think that way right now because I'm so starved for real meaningful football. I am jonesing for Saturday, Iowa versus yeah, Indiana. Yeah, see, I'm three days into an international break. I'm like, where's, you know, the, the, where's the, the international football? The deadline. Yesterday was a busy day. It was deadline day for the NFL and deadline day in international football. I so even got guys y'all have heard about made moves this year. You know, Cristiano, Leo Messi. It's been a, it's been a fun month getting ready for – for uh, Broncos football in a couple in, in less than two weeks in a week and a half. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we got, we're at 38 minutes right now, 37 minutes. Um, we have not had a chance to talk the, uh, the Rams game so much. I do kind of want to pivot to there. Obviously, if you guys have questions about the 53 man roster, uh, please get at us and we'll break down that as well. Um, but I was curious your thoughts about this game, uh, the Broncos starting Teddy Bridgewater, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was way riskier than anything I would have done uh, considering the toxicity of the quarterback battle. If Teddy came out and sucked and uh, Drew Block came out and balled out, then uh, we would be, you know, that much more toxic in here. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't really the case. They really mirrored each other. I thought Drew Lock and Teddy struggling earlier than having a good drive late. Um, but uh, your thoughts on uh, Teddy Bridgewater to start there in that, uh, that Rams game. I thought, I thought Teddy was good. Um, I, I watched Locke a little more, honestly, just to see how he'd react um, you know, Teddy, what, what Teddy does really well is, is find a receiver and get the ball out quick. Um, you know, that's, that's one of his strengths. He's got a lot more arm strength than he's given credit for, and he will stretch the defense, especially with this group of receivers that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, you start looking at it, it's like, okay, three and out in the first series, you know, here come overreactions and that type of stuff. I thought Drew Locke played well. I think he had some trouble with Quinn Miners on the snaps to kind of, kind of, got into his uh into his um first series you know there were two of them right there you know pretty pretty early in in his in his time on the field uh i thought his touchdown drive was a thing of beauty you know him stepping back and throwing in rhythm was was pretty um so that threw some some great balls out there um so overall i thought it was it was good and then you know a couple of guys that flashed for me on on the defensive side of the ball are guys we've already talked about you know deshaun williams i just love this guy i love him um you know he's one of those guys that you know if if i saw him i'd be like hey don't don't forget about me when you're when everybody knows your name because he's he's really really good and and i think uh you've got something there and then jonathan cooper you know jonathan cooper coming off um 
thought Caden Stearns was hot and cold watching him a little bit. Uh, he made some plays, but you know, he, he also did a couple where he's putting his head down and going blowing by guys. I'm like, mm, don't like to see that. You know, keep Shade your head the Texas. Right. So um overall, I thought it was you know a, a good showing. And I didn't know what to expect from the quarterbacks, honestly, because it yeah. was, you know, with an announcement like that before the third game, it could have gone either way. So, you know, some good, some bad. It was a preseason game. Yeah. I was happy to see uh, both guys end on touchdown drives. I do think that a microcosm of the decision of Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke was shown in this game. Um, And it was Teddy navigating the pocket, protecting the football. Um, And while he's not as explosive or twitchy as Drew Locke is as an athlete, um, he's better keeping calm under pressure and navigating the pocket. Um, And then you have the Drew Locke play where Cam Fleming's beat, but Drew Locke's holding on to that ball. I think it was three and a half seconds um, from what I saw on Twitter and uh, standing completely still, not negotiating the pocket at all and getting the ball uh, strip sack. Now, yes, Cam Fleming was beat, but guess what, guys? Offensive linemen are going to get beat sometimes, especially this year. Broncos are going against some really good defensive lines. Um, so you have to have a quarterback who can has that feel for the pocket that can protect the football, keeping the eyes down the field, still going through their reads. And it's kind of the... It was the guard that I put up um, when everybody was super excited. And I was too um, about that uh, Drew Lock the jury duty pass against the Vikings, where it's like, okay, he went through multiple reads. It was great. Drew Lock didn't have to move an inch because the offensive line was perfect. He didn't have to negotiate the pocket. He just stood back there and trust the line, which sometimes you, you need to be able to do that. He didn't just all of a sudden panic, drop his eyes and try to move. But the next step, the next evolution to that is keeping your eyes down the field, going through your progressions while moving in the pocket, keeping your base yeah, square. It's that, so it's that sixth sense, you know, that sixth sense of the eyes in the back of your head. Feeling, they call it feeling the pressure, feeling the pressure. And, and he didn't feel the uh, the backside pressure. And and whether it came from the, uh, you know, the, front the blind side, side or not, I didn't see him. Yeah. It, it kind of looped around and came from behind and, and yeah. reached in and, and, and got him from behind, reached in and hit his wrist. There's a stopwatch in your head that that has to be going off saying something's wrong it, there's Especially there's two no minute way drill. Yeah. Two minute drill. you have to protect the ball yeah so you know in it's it's uh you know there, there there's that stopwatch the clock's gone off saying you know i'm out of time mm-hmm. um you know it, it, at worst you know take a look you know um feel the pressure step up but you know i don't want to i haven't watched them nearly as much as you obviously so i don't want to say okay this is why but that was a play he definitely should have should have done better on as a, as a quarterback. He, sh- he should have protected his team a little better. Yep, I agree. And there was space to climb up the pocket there. Um, and it's, again, it is improvement because last year Locke would panic. And uh, even though he had a pocket and he would try to bail and play hero ball. Um, but right now, and this is sounds like it's been the case in practice as well with all the uh, the blown dead plays. He's kind of just almost defiantly standing back in the pocket um, going through his reads like it's uh, seven on seven with no pass rush. So the next step for Locke's evolution, if he's going to become a solid NFL starting quarterback, is to be able to negotiate the pocket while keeping his base clean, while going through his progressions. Um, And you see uh, quarterbacks like Tom Brady, not a great athlete. He is so good at maneuvering the pocket and just having that spatial awareness to climb, keeping his eyes down the field. And there was space for Locke to step up. I mean, the, between the right guard and the right tackle, he had a lane where he could have stepped up and bought himself another two seconds. Um, so it's, it's funny. It's funny to me that, you know, we equate athleticism with bigger, faster, stronger, but there's so many other aspects of being an athlete yeah. that, you know, Tom Brady is a great athlete. He's just not all that fast. You know, he might not be quick, but he is a great athlete. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
And he's also an expert craftsman. I think that's yeah. an important part of it as well. There's he's as skilled as there's any player that's ever been, you know, maybe not the biggest arm, not the biggest athlete. Mm-hmm. So skilled. Uh, Mr. Boggins coming in here saying, uh, do you think if Teddy Bridgewater is consistent, this team could be similar to the 2019 Niners? Um, that was the Niners team that went all the way to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, an amazing defensive line. Um, biggest thing about the 2019 Niners compared to this Broncos team is uh, how good can this offensive line be? I've said it a h- hundred times on here. This Broncos offensive line, if you had top 12 quarterback play, this team would be, I have no doubt in my mind, a Super Bowl contender with the defense as good as it is, weapons around them, and a solid offensive line. This offensive line is not going to sink the unit. However, I don't know if the offensive line is that top 10 capable unit where they can be the the pivot that like dictates uh, how the offense uh, plays and take it to opposing defenses. They're not going to kill you, but I don't know if they're also going to be a unit that uh, allows you to you know just go up against anybody and establish physicality and the flow of the game. I just don't know if they're that quality and that ni- 2019 Niners run game and uh, pass or run blocking was good enough to do that along with the best uh, defensive line in football. Yeah. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to make a comparison to another team. I'm not well versed enough in the ni- 2019 49ers to make that comparison. What I yeah. do know is that the tools are in place to, if, if things come together, get a little luck with health, offensive line stays healthy. Um, you know, quarterback play improves that there's enough talent on this roster to make a run. There is without a doubt. Um, so yes, it could be a team that makes a run to the Super Bowl. Will they? We got we got about 18 weeks to figure that out, don't we? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, DBA said he's late, didn't get the notification. Uh, not sure why. Um, it should have been notification after I made it after it went live, but the boss man didn't make the stream, so I had to rush to make it this morning. Um, we got Cody fan one zero nine saying, uh, got to use a shoulder movement in the pocket as part of little faints. Yeah, exactly. Those are, those are better against defensive backs though. Aren't they yeah. again, you know, just to get them to hitch a little bit. I don't, I don't know that a shoulder fake is going to do as much against a four man rush, especially coming from the blind side. But yeah, I, I, I love just a little faint. You know, if you can yep. just break a stride of a, of a, of a defensive back in coverage, he's beat. So yeah, yeah I, agree. I, I love it. Freeze the safety. That's the way to go. Ben Ben Bunt's coming in here saying, take Barkley out of the game. Make Daniel Jones beat you. It's a wrap. Um, that's definitely keep the game close, but you also have to score points on offense as well. And this Giants defense is probably, I would say it's the most underrated unit in football right now. Um, they really attacked the secondary this last season. Um, it's not as good as the Broncos secondary, but it's good. And uh, their interior defensive line is great. They don't have elite edge rushers. Um, that's probably another thing as well, but they're going to be a solid, uh, a solid defense. So got to score points, got to protect the football. Um, Diamond Rattler coming in here saying, uh, why doesn't Locke climb the pocket? What do you think, Scott? Why doesn't Locke climb? Well, I don't want to say why doesn't he? Because like I said, I haven't watched him enough to make a blanket statement. Um, But what I what on that play, why didn't he? He didn't feel the pressure coming. Um, He didn't feel the pressure coming. And I I don't know if there should be some communication on that. Like, hey, I I just got beat. My guy's coming. You know, heads up. Look out. That, That doesn't happen. But the truly great quarterbacks. Like I said, they've got a they got a stopwatch in their head, and they know three, two, one. I either get rid of the ball or, or they're they're gonna be around me. You know, if if I've lost sight of one of the one of the rushers and they've come around behind me, I, I've got to be able to feel that. I've got to know they're coming. And at worst, you know, uh, Brian Greasy said it, so I don't want to just repeat what he says, but I'm going to. I want to give him credit. You got to have two hands on the ball at that point. 
You know, he he brought it down to it was stripped at hip level. You can't see my hand. I'm pantomiming here with my hand, and I'm off camera. But it was stripped at hip hip level from the ball where he, where he hit his where he hit his uh, right wrist. And there's got to be better protection there. He didn't do a good enough job of feeling the pressure and protecting the ball in that instance. Now, is that a case where it happens? That's a a, a pattern. I'm going to leave that one to Nick. Um, I don't know if I call it a pattern totally just yet, but. Uh... Navigating the pocket is still something that Locke needs to work on. Ball protection is, or ball security is job security, as I like to say. Andrew Lampy coming in with the stars here. Thank you very much, Andrew. Andrew's uh, one of the highest up on um, uh, the stars with a chance to win the Von Miller jersey. So, guys, get those stars in. But Andrew's uh, pretty high up there, so he's got a good shot with all those uh, stars in there um, as a uh, as a raffle ticket. Um, we do, we got Lewis coming in saying we do, we are deep on wide receivers. That's true, Lewis. Um, but you're only four deep and, uh, it sounded like Peyton was hoping to keep, uh, maybe seven or eight. So, uh, look for Broncos, uh, to, to add wide receivers to this team, uh, via the waiver wire that there's let's, some guys let's to watch. take the word wide out of there and look at receivers. You know, you're probably six deep, right? And Sauber is pretty good too. Um, but with, uh, Quake <laughs> and, uh, and Fant, Fant's real easy to say for me. Uh, you know, you're looking at six receiving options and they're all good. They're all, they're all really good. So, you know, I think you're deep at receivers, even if they're not all just wide receivers, but I, I think anybody that's got go, go someplace else and find me a fourth receiver. That's as good as what the, the Broncos are going to be able to bring out there. And you're not going to be able to do it very many times across rosters in the NFL. So depth again is relative. Um, you know, Oh, do we have six or seven? No, but who's got four at this level? That, that the Denver Broncos are going to be a roll out, roll out there. Yeah, not many. Um, we got CC coming here with a comment saying, um, didn't Fant have a nagging ankle injury? Heard a lot of Saubert and even Albert Oguibanon, not much Fant. And then Keith also coming in here saying, is there any chance that Saubert moves up in the depth chart? I feel like he played the best of the tight end group, both in pass and run in the preseason. Um, if the Broncos are going to be a top 16 offense this year, you are going to need Fant to take a step forward and be using the offense. But um as far as I can tell, I don't know if Fant had a single reception in preseason, which I know he was dealing with injury, but Andy also not playing all totally with the first unit, but uh, that's a concern. I don't even know if he got a target. Um, so if you have a first round pick at tight end who is coming of age and was that good last year, you know, that's, that's a red flag for me. I don't know if it's game plan. I don't know what it is, but um, you don't want that guy to disappear. And I know that there's only really three tight ends. After watching playing, so but. many people not play this preseason, it's a question for me. It's not a red flag. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I watched, you know, you down here in Atlanta, watch the Rams, you know, they didn't play starters at all. And then, you know, I heard Greasy say the same thing again about uh, what Sean McVay was saying about the Rams is he takes more emphasis in the dual praxis in the, in the combined praxis, because that's where, you know, the micro, the microscope is on this guy. You can protect your guys. You can control the reps a little bit better. The down and distances puts more emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, Kyle Pitts, I, I wouldn't bet on him having a bad season. He played one series, one series in the preseason, one target, one catch. Um, if Noah Fant is healthy, that's the question I have. Not a red flag, but a question. Is he healthy? Is he going to be good to go in two weeks? The answer is yes. Noah Fant's going to be just fine. Yeah, they need him. They really do need him, especially with uh, <clears throat> this offense. Even if they're not going to be pushing the ball vertically, it's not going to be like the Patrick Mahomes offense. But um, if you can get the ball to playmakers, like that 2013 Broncos offense, um, good things can happen. You can, you can win getting athletes in space. Um, we got Matt Henry coming in here saying Broncos for breakfast with Nick and Scott and a cup of coffee for the win. 
<laughs> cheers to that, buddy. I'll cheers you to that. Um, love the show, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Matt. That's really nice of you to say. Also, Jay's in the house. Hello, Jay. Good to see you coming in here. Um, but, but we got a comment here from Ben saying, um, Ben Bunce coming. It wouldn't shock me if someone moves ahead of Fant in the depth chart, though I do think he will have a big season. Will Albert O be the red zone option, though? Um, I actually want to ask you about Eric Talbert because I know that he was a Falcon there for a while. Um, I couldn't have told you that. You couldn't have even told me that. Okay. Well, he was, told a, you that. he was a Falcon there for a bit. Um, <laughs> I think he was drafted by Atlanta and uh, he's actually impressed me in preseason uh, so far. I feel like he's been a steady option uh, the Broncos did wave Sean Byer. Hopefully they're it sounds like they're hoping to bring him back to the practice squad. Um, but uh, Eric Salbert impressed me uh, pretty consistently, both sides of the ball. And if the Broncos are looking for 11 personnel and being able to run out of it, it's stupid to take Fant off the field, but if he's not healthy, getting Salbert out there might be a, a pretty darn good option because you still have the option. You have your explosive weapons with the wide receiver still, um, but you have the option to run pretty well out of 11 personnel. If Salbert's out there. Uh, let's hit on, on, on double of these because um, us Dave has a question. He mentioned, I mentioned pits and then I want to follow up with diamond rattlers uh, comment. Cause I think, I think they'll tie in uh, us. Dave has a fantasy football question. Will pits have the catches? Uh, Pitts is going to have plenty of catches. He's going to be used a lot. Um, he's yes, he's going to be a good option, especially in a fantasy league, uh, where you've got any kind of, um, legacies keepers and a keeper league of some sort, Dynasty. but Dynasty. that brings into, um, a fantasy comment I made to my friend last night who is in a legacy league and was asking me about players. Uh, and diamond Rattler says, people are crazy. Teddy's going to be throwing the tight ends the most. I told him, I said, Noah Fant had a good enough year last year that he might not be able to sneak him in, um, but it's not a tight end mandatory league because I always said, hey, if you can play a run and shoot, I started this league 20 years ago. If you can play a run and shoot in, 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 the, uh, in, in, in the NFL, you should be able to go tight end optional. Uh, but I told him, I said, Fant is, could be a, a sleeper pick down the, down the way because if Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback, uh, Noah Fant's going to see more, more touches this year. Uh, the question is, is how Teddy will spread the ball a lot. So there might not be one true fantasy stud receiver for the Denver Broncos. It could be a lot of really good, but no one huge standout. So we'll see the way he spreads the ball around. I will push back a little bit. I would say buy all the stock you can on Jerry Judy right now. Buy it. <laughs> if you see Jerry Judy beyond the, I don't know what his ADP is right now, but if Jerry Judy's there in the seventh round, Sixth round, buy, 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 buy. It's um, all, it's all relative. Where do you, yeah. you know, people say, oh, he's overrated. It's like, well, what do you have him rated? Yeah, you know, you know, he's uh, or, or he's a bust. Well, what were your expectations? You know, yep. so yeah, I, I don't know what what we're we're saying. So you know, he was asking me about in a keeper league. You know, first round pick, should I protect two guys and lose my first two picks? You know, so no, you wouldn't give up two guys to draft Jerry Judy right away. Um, but yeah, you know, Jerry Judy should have a, a good season. He didn't have a terrible fantasy season last year. So no. people are probably sleeping on some, but we start talking about all these weapons going back into fantasy football. You start talking about all these weapons. It starts lowering fantasy values for any one guy. And, yeah. and that's the catch 22. And, and for when you're a fan of a team, who cares? I don't, I don't care. You know, I, I want to see the numbers at the end total. I don't care. It's like, well, my guy didn't have all the, didn't have 105 catches and 1800 yards. We split that between three guys. Okay. That works. Yep. Yeah, no, but uh, I would, I would buy on Jerry Judy. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a great option for Jerry Judy because 
You guys, I mean, go type in Jerry Judy. What is it? Sophomore year highlights. Half the highlights are him making guys look stupid after the catch. It's mm-hmm. the yak ability. It's getting open really quickly and then making dudes look silly in the open field. Teddy Bridgewater is going to find Judy if the right coverage, the little holes in the zone, right? Or the guy getting open at the right time, getting him the well, ball in space. And we saw how good he is at creating a little bit of time, you know, and Jerry Judy had those type of catches twice where the quarterback bought a little time and, hey, there's nobody within five yards of Jerry Judy. Um, yeah. You know, and then he picks up 25 yaks. So, um, yeah, I, I he should have a, he should have a really good season. Yeah, and uh, thank you very much for the uh, comment. Diamond Diamond's coming back in here saying, Nick, how many drops did Judy have last year? Uh, I think he had, this is off the top of my head, I think he had seven, um, but he had a lot of them in that one Chargers game where it seemed like he was in his head, um, and then things got really bad from there. But um, historically, uh, guys really do clean up the drops. Um, oh, 12 drop passes here from Joseph. Not great, um, but also a lot of... Uh, Ones that were below the, you guys played baseball, I'm sure. You were tossing the ball with your dad. If the ball was below your knees and uh, hit your glove, you know, that's that's on you. But um, could have had a better placement on some of those balls. Um, but yeah, uh, a good first baseman saves about 12 throwing errors from his shortstop every year. Yep, exactly. But um, Judy did have drops last year, but historical context, which matters. That's I mean, that's what we have to go off of. Drops get cleaned up a lot um, from year one to year two. So, uh, and I think we only saw maybe one Judy drop all of camp this year. So, um, Judy's never going to be the you know, Brandon Marshall over the middle, you know, just hulking, uh, linebackers and defensive backs, uh, for contested catches, but he's going to create space. Um, and he, you'll probably have to live with some drops, but you're also going to be living with, uh, amazing, um, ability to get open and yak. So I'm telling you guys buy Jerry Judy stock. He sounds like he is going to explode the season. Um, and with Sutton kind of coming back a little slowly, Noah Fant being injured right now as well. Um, you could see Judy take off quickly, uh, this season. So maybe it's one of those things where you buy low now, uh, week four, he's killing it leading the league in receptions and yards are up there like that. Sell high. And, uh, <laughs> once Sutton's coming back, you know, it's, it's stocks, right? It's a football stock. Right. We might turn this one into our, uh, our our clip of the day, a little fantasy football advice. Which Denver Bronco do we need to buy high on? Definitely Jerry Judy. Judy. I, would, I would also think somebody that people are buying low on right now um, that's going to be somebody that I'd want early and then maybe sell later um, is Melvin Gordon. Um, he's going to be the first running back. He's probably going to get like a 64, uh, 60, 40, 65, 35 split early on. They're excited about Javonta Williams, but I think early on they're going to lean on Gordon. So Gordon, and Gordon's going late for a running back. So this is a team I, I would be surprised um, if uh, you didn't well outperform Gordon as long as injuries don't occur. Um, so yeah. Any final thoughts on the 53? Obviously we didn't break down every single position, every single spot, but it looks like a good roster. Special teams is going to be a question. Quarterbacks a question. Um, can the offensive line turn into a top 10 unit that could make this offense totally different? Um, they could actually be a run first dictating offense. I mean, uh, I know we talk about the Titans in here a lot, but a team last year where they didn't ask the quarterback to reinvent the wheel. It was an offensive line dictated unit. The Browns obviously they had the best offensive line of football. So that makes it easier to dominate, but you can win. If you're quarterback, you're just asking him to play point guard uh, play action and run with dominant go cream hunt, Nick Chubb and a dominant offensive line that can take you pretty darn far. And uh, they almost knocked out the chiefs last year at that too. So could happen. I think. I think my comments is just to reiterate something we've we've harped on during the the cutdowns from ninety to eighty five to eighty is is that there seems for the most part there is there's two players at every position. You know, there's a couple exceptions in there. You know, inside linebacker might you know there might be you're you're not quite as strong as others, but there's there's veteran leadership and talent, 
and there's guys on one-year contracts that are playing for free agent, and there's young guys with talent coming behind them. So you have double incentive for your players and your starters to be hungry, you know, on top of winning, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, when you're playing for a contract and you got a kid behind you who's chomping at the bit, who's talented, that type, that type of competition cannot be underestimated in making this team better the six days of the week before they play on Sundays. So yeah. I think it's a, it's a very strong roster that's set up to, like we said, make a run. It depends on having a little bit of luck with injuries and, and making sure you get the quarterback play that can be, at worst, average. Average is a big step forward. I mean, it sounds like I'm tired of average quarterback play. Well, you haven't had average quarterback play. You've had bad quarterback play. Get up to average, and things are going to start looking pretty good. Yep, absolutely. Um, things will get better. This is going to be as good of a season as the Broncos have had in a while, and that's going to be exciting. Meaningful football into November. That's the first goal for me because uh, the Broncos have been so bad to start. Uh, actually, first goal for me is starting 1-0. Let's just get this on the right foot. Um, I said it on last night, Broncos for breakfast. I really hope they appreciate or approach this uh, this game as a plan game. Winner, winner, you're out because you need to start one and zero. You need to honestly start three and one to start the season because this is the easiest uh, chunk of games you're going to have against quarterbacks who are still getting their feet wet. And then the schedule does get a little tougher from there. So Fangio has never won a game in September coaching the Broncos, and which is crazy because the Broncos have historically insane numbers in September uh, because teams coming to Denver um, aren't acclimated like Denver is early on. Breath. They, <laughs> there was something like Denver was before the Vic Fangio area. They were like. 50 and two against the spread in September games in Denver, because uh, which is that's crazy, but it had to do with the conditioning and mile high compared to those other teams. Um, so that has not, although I think the Broncos actually did cover the spread even in the uh, Vic Fangio area, even though they lost. Um, so um, hopefully you'll see them win um, and hopefully they'll do better there, but they got to win some games in September. Got to get off the right foot. And then from there, you know, we can have some meaningful football from then on out, but guys, that's going to do it for us today on uh, Broncos for breakfast. We're going to be back live tomorrow. Thursday um, for back some more to talk back days back to back, baby back to back. Um, but that's Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Like I said, uh, seven 30 mountain time. Um, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you follow us at mile high huddle. If you're wondering, Hey, why aren't they live on Tuesday? Uh, make sure you check the main account there. Maybe something's going on like yesterday um, because I was a, uh, doing a five hour drive back to Seattle. So a little hard for me to do that. I didn't want to do it from the car, although that would be, that's not safe. I shouldn't do that. Um, but uh, also guys, make sure you're following us on Facebook, clicking the thumbs up. We got a lot of reacts coming in here. We got a sad react from Adam Breen. Hopefully things get better there. Wow. From Tim Durr, heart from Keith uh, Brugman and a bunch of hearts and likes as well. Um, if you guys have not done that yet, make sure you drop the like there. That also goes for YouTube. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, also follow us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Join us on YouTube today. Subscribe, like, and share. I know not everybody's in a position where they can give stars or uh, give super chats or give super stickers or anything like that, but you don't have to do that to support the show. If you guys would like those Facebook page, drop the like here. Also subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. That can help us a lot. For YouTube folks also, go to Scott's channel. Scott's putting in good work over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And uh, Scott, would you uh, do me a favor and give a given a roll call of everybody who we could capture here um, producing ourselves uh, who joined the show today and uh, contributed. Well, there's several, I mean, I know um, for, for today uh, I'm going to start at the, I'm going to start working my way up. Lewis Condon just came in late with stars on Facebook. Thank you. Diamond Rattler was in at least three times. If Mm -hmm. I miss somebody, Andrew Lanthi, Mr. Boggins, Michael Ranquillo, 
Uh, Shanna Mills, Chris Graham, Shane Daniels, John uh, De Herrera. Those are the list I had. And if I miss somebody, I apologize. We will find you and say thank you tomorrow because we're back in less than 24 hours. Yeah, and appreciate everybody with the, the kind uh, comments here. Um, you guys are great. Thank you. Also, again, I said it earlier, but uh, thank you so much for just keeping it football oriented, um, not taking us or each other too seriously. You know, this is fun. We're just breaking. We're just passing time, uh, all sharing this rock as we hurdle through space and uh, try to find some meaning and some joy from football, which wish we had a little bit more joy from football the last five years, but it's going to be better this year, guys. I know it. Also, uh, shout out and thoughts to everybody dealing with uh, Hurricane Ida right now. Um, you guys are in our thoughts and prayers, um, and you know we'll, we'll get through it. This is a this is a nation that's gotten through a lot, um, but I know you guys can. And uh, just really thinking about you guys, wanted to give a shout out to you as well because you guys are very much anybody dealing with that is very much on my mind right now. Because and I think I think Peter Middleton was in earlier. I missed him, and I actually when you were asking me about contributing, I was going to say thank you to Peter for coming over to the YouTube channel and talking some soccer. I uh, I, en- I enjoy hitting on those a little bit. We did a did a, a Chelsea Arsenal preview and you know, Chelsea just dominated Arsenal. So that was, that was a good one. I did enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Chelsea had a big transfer yesterday or a, a loan. Uh, they got a loan from, uh, from Atletico Madrid, central midfielder, Saul. So we'll see how that goes. They're, uh, they're looking pretty strong. So um, Denver Broncos, Chelsea, both looking pretty good. There you go. The boys in blue. All right, guys, we're going to get on out of here. We'll see you tomorrow bright and early, but until then go Broncos.